Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. So, in guarding my mouth, I need to be careful that I just don't speak off the top of my head without my heart being in gear. Second, there are times just to be silent. It's better sometimes not just to say anything than to open your mouth and get yourself in trouble. Now, that's not being deceptive. It may be that you can just be quiet. Everything doesn't require a long, full answer. Today, Pastor Mark covers a lot of ground. He says it's important that if we call ourselves Christians, we must be careful with what we say and how we say it. Some situations make it difficult to remain graceful, and that's when it's best to just keep silent. James 1.26 says, If you think you're a believer but can't control your tongue, you're just fooling yourself. God designed our mouths to speak truth and help others do life right. So when you're tempted to be critical, negative, or condemning, Focus on Christ, His example, and the redemption of the cross. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 3, verse 8, with our continuing study entitled, The Power of Our Words. Let us hear your lessons If you look at your words, and I have to look at my own words, are they harsh, bitter, ugly? Do they tear down rather than build up? Now you say, well, yeah, I guess they are, so I guess I better be careful of my mouth. No, the problem isn't your mouth. The problem is your your heart. And here's one we need to watch. You see, later we'll see that the New Testament speaks a lot about that. And we learned it when we went through Galatians, but we kind of forgot it. If you're legalistic, you will be a critical, negative person. See, the Bible says we need to be people of grace, overlooking others' faults. Not to a point where it causes damage, but love covers a multitude of sins. Would you like it to cover yours? I would. And I want to really speak to you parents. Be careful in your homes. Especially when those kids hit the teenage years. It can be hard. They're trying to leave at age 12. By age 13, you would allow them to leave if you could. <laughs> but for the next few years, you've got to watch your words. You cannot crush their spirit. And you'll do it with words. He said, well, I never touch my kid. You can slice a person open as if you just beat them with your words. Husband and wife, very 
same key. Ministry leader, always griping, always complaining, no one does it right. Be careful, you'll have a ministry unto yourself. Because no one will want to work with you. See, when I look for a ministry leader, one of the very key things I look to, after all the spiritual stuff, here's what I look for. Somebody who people are following. Now, people won't follow a critical negative person unless they absolutely have to. And the first chance they get, they're out of there. We'll learn tonight after we finish our teaching right at the end. Did people follow Jesus? Like masses. Why? Because he was critical, negative, condemning, always giving bad words, horrible person to be around. Is that right? No. It's exactly the opposite. So we have to be careful then if we're going to call ourselves Christians. We have to be very careful. In fact, right at this point, as you and I look at our own lives, there's a verse in, in James, and I'll just, I'll just quote it tonight because I don't have time to go to it. It basically says this, if you can't control your tongue and you say you're a Christian, you better back up. You say, well, it's not that serious, is it? Yes, it is. It's very serious. So for Christians, our tongues need to be controlled by God. Now, how can we change then what comes out of our mouths? James chapter 3, verse 8, it says this, No man can tame the tongue. So how can we change what comes out of our mouths? How many of you remember, by the way, will soap change what comes out of our mouths? Why do you laugh? Uh, come on, now be honest. How many of you remember having a soapy mouth? Come on, let's, yeah. I mean, see, it's all the people over 40 or whatever. The young people, we never do that to anyone. We'll be carried down to court, child abuse or something, whatever. It never tasted good no matter what flavor of soap it was. What? It just, it just wasn't good. Now, did it cure the problem? Well, maybe temporarily it cured it, but see, it can't go far enough, can it? It can't reach where? The heart. So we tried those things, but we learned last week that man can't even cure his evil heart. Now look what it says. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. In other words, we can use our mouth to just like a snake. And damage people's lives. So the key I want you to notice there is, I cannot tame my own tongue. So what does that mean? It means that there must be some way, because God challenges me to have a mouth that's uplifting, encouraging, exhorting, and so forth. So how do I do it? Let me give you three keys tonight. You can just write three things down. First one, this is God's cure for our mouths. So that we're not gossiping, slandering, lying, deception, being negative, critical, Harsh, judgmental. Number one, we have to start with a changed heart. We learned last week that I can't change my heart, so who can change my heart? Only God. We went through all those points last week, but let me just remind you how it works. To have our hearts change, God must do it. I must be willing to do it. Not only does it require a one-time change where Jesus Christ comes into my heart, as we learned last week, and gives us a new heart. Some of you are not Christians tonight. It's very interesting in the wedding that I did, wonderful wedding, beautiful. In the wedding, I always take time and step to the side and speak to the congregation about renewing their vows, people that are single to wait, whatever, but I always present the gospel. See, when I present a wedding, what I try to do is do it in an upbeat way so that people can see 
if you do it God's way, it's right. And it's the greatest lifestyle in the world. And most people are shocked that church, even in a wedding, can be enjoyable. Well, why shouldn't it be? I mean, there's only one funeral. The rest of us can have fun. Is that right? No, that is not right. You guys that said it was right, if your wife heard you, man, oh man. Remember, offices are closed first three days. No counseling. Don't even call Sue. So at the end of the service tonight, we're going to give some of you to have a change of heart. You're going to ask Jesus Christ to give me. You'll, you'll not get your life straight. You'll not get your mouth straight. You'll learn next week you can't get your eyes straight. You'll learn the week after you can't get your walk straight without God. So we'll give you a chance. There'll be many of you that will step forward. And again, I was reminded that you can't do it. You can't do it, but God can do it. Next, point number two, we need to guard our mouths. First of all, we need prudent speech and then slash silent. Look at James 1.19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That's prudent speech. Turn to your neighbors and say this. God gave me two ears and one mouth. Go ahead. <laughs> Is that significant? Huh. That means we should be listening at least twice as much as we're what? So we need to be prudent. Notice, this is God's part of his solution. He says we need to be quick to listen, but slow to speak. Prudent. We need to think before opening our mouths. Does it need to be said at all? Does it need to be said now, remember the power, the power of our words. Every time we speak, when we speak, either life comes out or death comes out. So we need to be prudent with our mouths. Look at Proverbs 13.3. Here's another verse about being prudent. Being careful. He who guards his lips guards his life. But he who speaks rashly, in other words, just off the top of the head, quick slam, what will happen? We'll come to ruin. So we need to be careful. Now, this is a hard point. To be prudent in speech, not to speak too much. It's a hard point for two groups of people. First, women. Now, just relax, just relax, just relax. Why do I say that? Because it's true that women, I cannot tell a lie. Remember I said earlier, does it doesn't need to be said? You said, it doesn't need to be said, Pastor Mark, you should have shut up. No, it does need to be said. Because women, as a rule, talk, have more words in a day Sometimes up to 25,000 more words a day than men. Seriously. Just talking. That's just the way it is. Now, that's not bad or good, but it could be bad. Could be bad. Normally, guys just say this. Give me the facts. In as few words as possible. 
And the woman says, I don't want the facts, I want the color of the story. Give me the real story. And so that's where women can get where? In the trouble. Because the more you talk, the more color comes out, the more you can exaggerate, add to it, whatever. Pretty soon we've moved down a road. Now, I told you there's two people that this is a point that's dangerous to. Who's the other? No. (laughs) Listen, here's the other. Pastors. Now, why does the Bible say that? You see, the Bible tells you in the book of, well, I can't remember, James or Timothy, not many should be teachers. Because what happens, if you're a teacher, not only a pastor, but a teacher also, if you teach regularly, what happens is, I say a lot of words. And I can say words that I shouldn't have said. There's been sermons I'd like to just reverse. Over time, we grow in our understanding of the Word and all kinds of things. And we've said things that, at that point, we thought were really right, but probably weren't right. There's other times I say things and I'm totally misunderstood because of the volume of words. So it is a danger. But it's a blessing, too, and you're going to see that later. But I have to be careful. And if you're a teacher... Of the word, you have to be careful because there is really life and death in my tongue. I want it to be life, but if I allow my human part to come in, it can be death. And I can be, normally this is not my temperament, but you've been in places where it is, and I've seen it in my life. I could be very critical. I could be very condemning. And see, that I don't want to be that. Now, I want to speak the truth in love, But I have to be careful of my words. So the Bible says, women, be careful. Teachers, be careful. Because we can open our mouths and not only just talk, but we can kind of exaggerate once in a while. We can mislead, stretch the truth. The more opportunities that we talk, the more opportunities to get in trouble. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to cut my sermons down to ten minutes. (laughs) Sorry. What I want to do is make sure that when I do speak, I'm speaking the things that God wants me to speak. And same for you. And yes, men, you do have to watch your mouths, obviously, also. The second part of this prudent speech is silence. Often, turn to Proverbs 26.20, often it's wise to just say nothing. Silence can be golden. Golden. Now look at Proverbs 26.20. Really powerful. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. So, in guarding my mouth, I need to be careful that I just don't speak off the top of my head without my heart being in gear. Second, there are times just to be silent. It's better sometimes not just to say anything than to open your mouth and get yourself in trouble. Now, that's not being deceptive. It may be that you can just be quiet. Everything doesn't require a long, full answer. If somebody comes to you with a gossip, and by the way, the reason we are condemning 
The reason we like to carry gossip is because we feel better when we tear others down because we think it builds us up, but really it tears us below them. So the next time you hear gossip and you go, ooh, look what they did, as you tattle it, look what you've done. You're as bad, if not worse, than that individual. See, you don't need yourself built up. God will build you up. Don't build yourself up by tearing other people down. So what this says is somebody comes in this juice morsel of gossip. If I had this big bonfire up here and it's going out and I say, bring me another log. That's what gossip is. Put another log in and man, this fire's going again. But if you say, you know what, I really don't care to hear that. In a nice way, you're not going to put them down. You just, I'm not interested in that gossip. What happens? Fire starts to go out. That's exactly what that verse means. So I can stop that tail right in its tracks. Now, can I do it in my own strength? No, I need God. I need a new heart. I need a heart that is trying to please God. Now, most of us know that. We've been in trouble. We'd like to, we've eaten our words, and they haven't been very tasty at times. Here's point number three. Speak only helpful words. Look at Proverbs 18, 4. I'm going to give you about five ways to speak helpful words tonight. The first is words of godly counsel and good advice. Proverbs 18, 4 says this, The words of a man's mouth are deep waters, but the fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. If you've ever had a drink from an artesian well, clear, deep water, crystal, cold, man, it's refreshing. Well, that's what this means. It's just a wonderful, wonderful experience to listen to godly people who are mature, who have been around life, And they're not embittered by it, they're sweetened by it. And when you go and ask advice, counsel from them, and you see their tremendous insight of life, and they're so positive about life, I love that. How many of you have ever, you've been hot like crazy, and you go to one of these fountains and you go to drink it, and feel like you're drinking boiling water. But then, if you're around somebody who's mature in the Lord, and you have a question, you need advice, and you go to them, and they say, they're a positive person. And they give you this advice. It looks like you just had an artesian well and you put a cup right there. And, oh, man. Crystal, clear, cold, refreshing water. That only comes from mature believers with age who have remained sweet, full of grace. So I'm speaking to those of you that are older tonight. Is that the kind of person you are? You know, we're getting ready to do the mops thing, the mothers of preschool kids, and we're going to look for grandmoms and whatever to watch the kids and come in and help the, help the young mothers learn about life. If you're bitter and angry and negative, whatever, don't sign up. <laughs> but if you like life, and I know you have plenty to offer, what a resource. That's what Solomon's talking about. Look at Proverbs twelve eighteen: Words of peace and healing. In other words, my words can not only be a knife that cut, but they can be words of peace and healing. Proverbs twelve eighteen: The tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 15, 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath. Proverbs 15, 4 says, The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. 
How wonderful that my words, instead of tearing down, causing trouble, can bring healing, reconciliation, and peace to trouble's lives. Don't you love when you're around people and there's a there's an argument going or something just isn't right? You can just sense it in the air. Don't you love when, when God allows somebody to offer a word of peace? And the whole thing just kind of... That's, that's what it's about. That's what we're to be like. We're not to get in, the, get in the thing and stir it up some more. Let me give you my point and stir this thing up here. As a Christian, I'm to bring words of healing and peace. Wow. How wonderful. Proverbs 25, 12. Turn there. Words of loving correction. You see, there's a, there's a balance to this. We have to be careful. We can't, we can't just speak and never give a balance to the word, sometimes there is correction needed. Proverbs 25, 12 says, Like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is a wise man's rebuke to a listening ear. The New Testament in Ephesians 4, 15 says this, We're to speak the truth in love. The emphasis is on love. All of us need to be corrected. Now, the way I want to be corrected is from somebody that loves me and knows me. And I know they care about me. That's the way to correct somebody. Because you, in turn, want to be corrected the same way. That's the way I try to teach. I don't always accomplish it. But I try to teach with words that don't put you down, but will challenge you to change in a loving way. We'll see later that Jesus does exactly the same thing. Next, Words of encouragement. Look at Proverbs 15.23. And then look at Proverbs 16.24. 15.23, A man finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word. A timely word. A word of encouragement. At just the right time. Look at Proverbs 16.24. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Man, that's what we need. Boy, in this world do we need encouragement. We just need that those words of encouragement and building us up and positive. Keep your finger there and we'll be back in a moment. Turn to Ephesians, New Testament. I want you to read this. If you don't have this verse circled, you need to have this verse circled in your Bible. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Paul speaks about making sure that we encourage people. Even when we don't see much to encourage them, look for something good in your children, in the people that's serving you, at bosses, whatever, employees. Look for something good. Instead of being critical, negative, or harsh, look for something good. Ephesians 4.29. Pretty bold statement. Do not let, and you might want to circle this next word, any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths okay so we have some work to do if you're like most people you react instead of respond in most situations a reaction is something negative and impulsive like you have when you're allergic to something and on the other hand a response is controlled and positive life is going to happen be prepared focused and set a guard over your heart so when it does you can do life right Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now, you won't want to miss our next edition of Lessons for Living when Pastor Mark concludes this segment on the power of our words. He'll recap what we've learned in the past two messages and leave us with a remedy to help in our endeavors to guard our hearts, which in turn affects all that we think, do, and say. Be sure to tune in and find out what God has to offer in terms of a cure for what we all suffer from, foot-in-mouth disease. (laughs) We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear